Welcome to our midweek Bible study. We're looking forward to getting to the scripture uh, together. And we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 38 again as we were last week and invite you to find that in the Bible. And just want to say that uh, we're praying for you and trust that you're praying for us and praying for one another and looking forward to the day when we can uh, be uh, joining back together and assembling in our worship. But in the meantime, we're, we're uh, keeping our eyes on the Lord and staying in touch with each other and seeking to grow uh, in God's grace and also in our love for the Lord and for His work. And trust that if there's something special in your life that we could do to help you uh, during this time that you'd let us know. Uh, you remember that last week we were talking about something that happened in the life of Hezekiah, and he had gotten news uh, from uh, Isaiah the prophet that the sickness that he had would be, uh, the Bible says, unto death, in verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 38. And of course, Isaiah gave him this message, uh, set thine house in order. He was about to die, and uh, he wasn't going to survive this illness. And Hezekiah Verse 2 says there before us in chapter 38 that he turned to the Lord. And he turned to the Lord in a very serious way. And uh, the last part of verse 3 says that Hezekiah, the king, mind you, the king of the nation, Hezekiah wept sore. He was, he was just uh, tore up about this news. And as a result of the way that he turned to the Lord, um, God spoke to Isaiah and said, I want you to go back and talk to Hezekiah and tell him that I'm going to add uh, 15 years to his life. And that's exactly what happened. We talked about this uh, last week that this uh, God had gifted him, uh, the king, with these 15 years. And uh, we're going to continue in that uh, passage. But I want you to look with me in verse 9, if you would, in your Bible, uh, Isaiah chapter 38 and verse 9. It says the, the writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and was recovered of his sickness. He said in verse 10, I said in the cutting off of my days, I shall go to the gates of the grave. I am deprived of the residue of my years. So these are the words of Hezekiah that he wrote down, said in verse 9, the writing of Hezekiah, when he had been sick and he had recovered, and he wrote these things down, talking about when he says in verse 10, the cutting off of my days, that 15 years uh, had been added to his life. And we're not going to read all of this for time's sake uh, this evening, but we want to go through this and learn some things about Hezekiah when this happened and then after this happened. And again, the lesson last week was, a, was an application to our life. Set thine house in order. And what what might we be doing during this time uh, to set our house in order? And uh, we're going to go through some principles here tonight and then the conclusion, as we've been doing on these Wednesday evenings, we've provided a series of questions uh, for you to discuss with your family, talk about those things, or if uh, you're able to connect uh, with us through Zoom, video Zoom. We can talk about those things together. But either way, we're going to go through these questions. We want to make application of the Word of God. We see the benefit of that. And as you know, in our church, we've 
have different times during the year that we'll have these small group Bible studies to discuss the Word of God, but also discuss its application in our life. And I want us to look now in a verse that we're going to spend a, a majority of our time on this evening, verse 15 of chapter 38, where this is still Hezekiah's uh, speaking about this event in his life. What shall I say in verse 15? He hath both spoken unto me, and himself hath done, hath done it. I shall go softly all the years, all my years, in the bitterness of my soul. I have those words underlined in my Bible, and because I, I just think that's such an important phrase, and we're going to focus on that some tonight. I want to read it again, verse 15. I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. So what Hezekiah was saying was because of what had happened, whatever years he had left, he's been given 15 more years, I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. And he goes on after that in verses 16 and following. I just want to highlight a few things. Last part of verse 16, he said, So wilt thou recover me and make me to live. He's speaking to God. Then look in verse 17. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness. He was at a time of, of uh, I think this is speaking of, in his life when he was at peace, but, but then he found out he was going to die, and that was a troubling thing. But in verse 17, But thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. And he, he references there God's love. It's because you love me that you've delivered my soul. And then he says in the last part of verse 17, For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. He was acknowledging God's forgiveness in his life. And then look in verse 19. The living, the living, he shall praise thee, talking to the Lord, as I do this day. He was praising the Lord. He was giving God glory and praise. And then look at the last part of verse 19. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. There he's saying that I intend to use my influence, the father of the children, to make God's truth known. And another reference in verse 20, to worship, he says, the Lord was ready to save me, therefore we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. He said, we're not only going to be thankful, but we're going to worship God in the house of the Lord. So here is, is uh, the king Having been sick, now has re recovered and been promised a, a 15 more years of his life. And he is, <coughs> he is, um, pardon me for that cough. Um, he's going to worship God. His intention is to worship God uh, the rest of his life. Now, it's not hard for us to understand. We think about this. Um, what Hezekiah was thinking. He's been given this extension on his life, and uh, he's praising the Lord. He's wanting to have more of an influence in his family's life, use his influence. Um, he's going he's gonna to be faithful to the house of the Lord and worship the Lord there. And uh, it, it's just a great, it's a great uh, attitude reflected in his gratitude for what God has done for him. And I go back up to verse 15 where he says, I shall go softly all my years, all that I have remaining, 
in the bitterness of my soul. And so he intends for the rest of his life to be different. That's what I take away from this. He, he intends for this to be different. But I, I just want to make this uh, observation or this comment before we proceed. And that is this. You know, it's one thing to make resolutions or to set goals or, or say that we're going to do a certain thing, do a certain thing differently in the remaining part of our life. But it's another thing to maintain those. A lot of times we say we're going to do a certain thing, but we depart from those plans or we depart from those goals and those aspirations, even though they're worthy goals. So let's think about this phrase where he says, I shall go softly all the years in the bitterness of my soul. We're going to look up several other verses, but I just really want to drive this point home, this with this thought about go softly, you know. There's several things we could see in this just this one statement in verse 15, I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. First of all, he was he was pledging to live differently. I I shall go softly, but also it's a personal choice. I shall. I'm going to take responsibility, take ownership of my future in the way that I live. And how long did he plan to do this? Notice what it says in verse 15, all my years. I'm plan- he was a he was a commitment to do differently, to live differently, to go forward in a different way for the rest of his life. He would indeed do as Isaiah had instructed him to do. He's going to get his house in order. We said last week, if he didn't have his house in order to die, then he didn't really have his house in order to live. So he's going to live differently. And but what does it mean, I shall go softly? And I'm going to state what it really means, I believe, and then we're going to, we're going to see that in the Scripture. It, it means to walk humbly, to go softly. When he says, I shall go softly, what he's saying is, I'm going to, I'm going to live a humble life. Now, let's take our Bibles, and we're going to come back to Isaiah 38. But let's look at a couple other passages that pertain uh, to this matter of going softly. In 1 Kings 21... Uh, in verse 19, the latter part of the verse, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. So uh, here a message coming from God to this king and pronouncing judgment on him. But look in the latter part of chapter 21. In verse 27, for instance, it says, And it came to pass when Ahab heard these words, that he rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. So there again, the response to a king hearing from God was he went softly. But in verse 28 and 29, we really can see what this phrase went softly refers to. Verse 28, And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, This is God's word to Elijah about Ahab. Verse 29, Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days. So it's clear to us that this matter of going softly had to do with the attitude of his heart. He went humbly. He he humbled himself before the Lord. And so 
this was a response of humility that he went softly. Now take your Bible, if you would, and go to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. 2 Chronicles chapter 32, and this is a passage uh, that is speaking about Hezekiah and about the events that we've been studying in Isaiah chapter uh, 28. So look with me if you would please, or Isaiah chapter 38. Look in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 32 and verse uh, 24. In those days Hezekiah was sick to the death and prayed unto the Lord, and he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign. So this is Isaiah speaking uh, to Hezekiah about, about this situation. And um, notice what it says um, in verse 26. Notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord came not upon him in the days of Hezekiah. So what, did, what was his response? He humbled himself. Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart. So let's go back, if we could, to Isaiah uh, chapter 38 and 39. And so what does it mean when it says that Hezekiah went softly? It means he humbled himself. And he, and listen, I want to look at that passage again, Isaiah 38 and verse 15. The last part of the verse, I shall go softly, I shall walk humbly all my years, all my years, the rest of my life in the bitterness of my soul. So then the question that I want us to consider now is how did this affect the rest of Hezekiah's life? With that in mind, let's look in chapter 39 of Isaiah. Chapter 39 and verse 1. At that time, the very same time that we're studying about, at that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that he'd been sick and was recovered. So the king of Babylon heard about Hezekiah's illness, the fact that he recovered from his illness, and he sent uh, some messengers to bring this present to King Hezekiah. And look in verse 2, And Hezekiah was glad of them. He was rejoicing that these, this entourage from Babylon had come to see him. And as a result, verse 2 says, And he showed them, Hezekiah showed them the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment and all the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. Then look at the next verse, verse 3. Then came Isaiah the prophet, visiting Hezekiah again, came unto him and said unto him, What said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country unto me, even from Babylon. Then said he, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All that is in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. And then Isaiah delivers a message to Hezekiah from the Lord in verse 6 and following about how 
Well, let's just read it. Verse 6. Behold, the days come that all that is in thy house and all that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And it was a, another message of judgment. And it doesn't say this specifically here, but we're going to kind of dig into this for a few minutes. Uh, but it seems to be implied that what Hezekiah did when he showed these people from Babylon around all of his precious things, it seems to be implied that what he did was not right. It wasn't approved of. And to find more answers to that, let's go back to Second Chronicles. And I know we're looking back and forth in our Bible this evening, but I just really want to look at this and then and make a final application. Second uh, Chronicles, chapter thirty-two, uh, and verse thirty-one. Now notice here the language. Um, I tell you, I love the Bible and how how it speaks in various places to help us understand more about uh, the message that's being presented. In 2 Chronicles 32 and verse 31, notice this, these words, Howbeit in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, talking about this visit that came to Hezekiah during his kingdom, who sent unto him to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land, Notice this language. Let's just let this soak in here for a moment. God left him to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. Now that's an interesting uh, phrase. God left him. God left him, Hezekiah, that he might try him. And what was it he wanted to prove or try or show Hezekiah? That he might know all that was in his heart, that Hezekiah might see what was in his heart. Now, what this seems to say, what it does say, is that the thing that was in Hezekiah's heart when he showed um, the, these messengers from Babylon, the thing that was in his heart was the very thing that was in his heart prior to him determining that he was going to walk softly the rest of his life. In other words, and what was it that he meant to walk softly? I'm going to walk in humility the rest of my life. But here, God wanted to show him that that, that problem he had is still a problem in his heart. Uh, it, it may not have been wrong. It may not have been a sin for Hezekiah to show these Babylonian messengers all the wonder of what, what he enjoyed there in his life as a king. But if there was a prideful motivation in his heart, that would be a serious matter. And God wanted Hezekiah to see what was in his heart. So if we put all the pieces of the puzzle together, we've looked at a number of passages. If we put all the pieces of the puzzle together, what was it um, when God said to Hezekiah, you need to get your house in order? Last week we talked about that could be physical things, it could be financial things, it could be things regarding his estate. Well, what was it? 
And, and really one of the things that was wrong in his heart was his pride. Because when God gave him 15 years back, he said, I'm going to walk softly the rest of my life. I'm going to walk in humility the rest of my life. And yet, soon after that, when these messengers came from Babylon and visited him, and he showed them all that he had, um, the Bible says in Second Chronicles that God allowed this to happen, that he could try him, that he could see what was in his heart. And one of the things that this, I'm going to kind of bring this home now, one of the things that this reminds me of is this. You know, it's not easy to change. Sometimes it's, it's more difficult than others. But lots of times we've said, or someone we know has said, um, you know, I've learned my lesson. I'll never do that again. Only to fall. Uh, maybe sooner, maybe later, but for the same type of temptation. It's not always easy to change. And first of all, it's not always easy to see that we need to change. But for Isaiah, or excuse me, for Hezekiah, it seems apparent to me that he had a, a pride issue that God was trying to deal with. And I don't want to say this. Pride, and this is not new coming from me, and you've heard it, me say it many times. Pride is one of the most destructive faults in our human fallen nature. For Hezekiah, it was his Achilles heel, I believe. The Achilles heel is a place of vulnerability. It's a place of weakness. And that's what it was for Hezekiah. And I believe it may be the specific area where Hezekiah, when he was commanded to set thine house in order, it may be, we don't know that for certain, but it may be that the very issue was his pride. So let's ask ourselves uh, today, what a... When we think about setting our house in order, you know, what does that mean for us? Um, you know, I was very encouraged uh, after our Bible study last week. Uh, one of our men testified to me uh, after the Bible study, and we talked about setting your house in order, and maybe this coronavirus time, this shutdown time, this change in our lifestyle and behavior then maybe that's one of the reasons we're having this, that God could help us to get some areas of our life in order. And he said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, this was his testimony, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I was thinking about the same thing, and I've been thinking about it over the last couple of weeks, that this ought to be a time to implement some positive changes in my life. And I think all of us ought to think about this. You know, what, what, what changes should we make? I mean, spiritually... Uh, you know, I've heard people say, you know, um, you know, I need to, um, I, I don't have time to, you know, they were making this application. You know, people say, I don't have time to read my Bible. Well, now you have more time. Are you, re are you making these changes in your life? Um, uh, Bible reading time, prayer time, family time, changes in your finances, maybe a, a chance to really get serious about getting on a budget and getting priori prioritizing our our finances, those types of things. And, but, but here's the point I want to make and just leave this uh, as an emphasis as we wrap this up. Uh, you know, it's one thing to recognize the need to change. It's another thing to follow through 
with worth, worthwhile reforms and stick with them. And I believe, I, I believe Hezekiah was sincere when after he'd been given 15 years and he said, I'm going to walk softly all my years, the rest of my life. And yet what appears to be just a brief short time after that, his pride again motivated him in this matter of showing the people from Babylon around his home and the things that he had, the things of that nature. And changes don't always come easily. And changes aren't always just in things we do. Sometimes the greatest changes are in areas that are inside of us. They're in our heart, the attitudes that we have. And I just want to encourage you to think about this uh, today. May God help us to be serious about looking into our lives, asking ourselves, is there something I need to learn? And then to be specific and intentional. This is something that I want to change in my life, not just change temporarily, but to change permanently. By the grace of God, I want to I stay the course. I want to stay the course of setting my house in order. And I hope today that you get the message, that you understand that it's something that seems reasonable to you, and that we take action. I've said this several times during these online sermons, and I just want to say it again. What a tragedy it'd be to go through all of this that we've gone through, and the only thing that comes of it is we just complain more or, you know, about what's been happening or the fact that I can't find what I'm looking for at the store or, or whatever. And there's no positive spiritual changes in our life. We're going through one of the most unique times in modern history. And I don't think it's just so that we can have a story to tell our grandkids or great-grandkids. Maybe it's a time for us to really evaluate, a time to make positive changes in our life. And may God help us as we do that. And let's pray, and we're going to get into these questions and talk about them and I hope that you'll talk about them sincerely and transparently and uh, learn from those around you and learn, most importantly, from the Word of God. Uh, Father, we thank you for your Word uh, this evening, and we thank you that we can study it together. We thank you for passages like this that challenge our, our, our thinking, our self-examination, our reflection. And I pray that in my heart, in the heart of those who are watching and listening, that, Lord, we would be reminded again of the, the importance of setting our house in order, not just in uh, visible things, not just in the things that uh, are obvious, but in the attitudes of our heart, I pray that you'd work for your own glory. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.